Welcome to the first ever episode of Should You See This, a podcast in which two geeks talk nonstop about film. I'm Josh Markham. And I'm Jake Larson. So yeah, neither of us are official approved movie critics. We both just have a huge love for cinema. Uh, I, I have a personal blog post in which I discuss the new releases each week. But uh, other than that, we wanted to do something a little more collaborative. So here we are. Of course, and I've basically just seen like any movie under the sun like you name it i've most likely either seen the trailer read something about it watched a youtube video about it or most likely have watched the entire thing so that's kind of my background so i just i kind of know what like every movie kind of looks like at this point so yep so if you're the kind of person that feels like you're bugging people around you talking about movies too much uh this is the place to tune into uh for each episode which we plan on doing one episode per week on average that might change a little bit but uh, we're going to start with a segment about that's primarily just entertainment news. We're going to look at trailers. We're going to look at announcements and things like that. Then we'll go into the core segment, which is essentially just a review of a given movie that came out this week. And then we'll end with a recommendation for a film that we feel is underrated or hasn't gotten the attention that it deserves. Let's get into it. Okay, getting into some recent movie and trailers announcements. The I think the just two days ago from what, what from when we are recording it, this new Spider-Man trailer came out, and oh my goodness, that was incredible! I am so hyped for that. It is unbelievable. I think Tom Holland is going to have an actually like amazing performance in there, and I just like. I saw like there was a post about him like weeping when like people gave him the same ovation when like the trailer got posted and I can just see that he put like his entire heart into this movie and I'm just very hyped for it. Yep, yep. I'm trying to control my level of hype because I know that that can be a dangerous thing, especially when you're looking at a film that is really kind of nostalgia fueled, bringing back a lot of old characters from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and the um, with Tobey Maguire and then the ones with Andrew Garfield as well. And it still remains to be seen whether or not those two will really be in the film to much of an extent, but there are some moments in the trailer where you can kind of see that they may have been edited out for the purposes of keeping it a secret. Yeah, that's like an entire thing like on TikTok and Instagram for what I'm seeing right now. It's like, uh, I think, um, like uh, the lizard guy, I forgot what his name was, he gets like punched in the face yeah. by like an invisible person that they edited out of the trailer. And basically like that's like the indication that there is going to be either Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or like something along those lines, maybe like a Miles Morales like type, type situation where we haven't like really seen anyone besides like the animated movie like on screen, like for, like uh, portraying that character yet. So maybe like that's an introduction of that like into like the actual realistic cinema into like the into the Marvel universe. So it's just it. I I don't know. I I'm just uh, there's like so like because um, Homecoming and. Uh, I forgot what the Far From Home. Yeah, yeah. Those two were just amazing. They all have home just, in I think it, Yeah, it just has a great track record because I think just going into this third one, there's going to be so much hype for it. Kind of like, I'm not, I'm kind of calling it right now, kind of like Infinity War slash Endgame kind of hype. But I honestly think it's going to live up to it from what I'm seeing. Yep, yep. I agree. Uh, I am a little concerned though. I, The main sort of conflict of the film appears to be Doctor Strange screwing up some spell, which seems a little yeah, out of character, yeah. but yeah, the trailer definitely got me excited. I think it's easily the most uh, anticipated movie like the, that Marvel's put out since Avengers Endgame or Spider-Man oh, Far From Home. 100%. Because I know a lot of because people like, think Marvel's dying, but I, I disagree. Yeah, because like Shang-Chi, Black Widow, those kind of movies, like, um were kind of like already like known to be a thing but spider-man's like three has been um kind of like on a build-up since homecoming came out like six or seven years ago or whenever it did 
and that's just been increasingly like building up like the um, audience around it and everything. So there's just like a lot going into this movie that the Black Widow and Shang Chi weren't because they were kind of just like introduction or for Black Widow um plus uh, extraduction movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm very excited to see all these actors coming back from the previous movies. A lot of iconic villains in there. Of course. So next up, we have Nightmare Alley, which had a new trailer drop. Actually, the, the day we're recording this podcast, I'm not 100%, 100% sure what day it's going to actually go up. But um, so yeah, I still have no idea what to expect from this movie. It looks like a sort of mystery type thriller uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, who has made mm-hmm. some of my favorite films out there. Pan's Labyrinth is phenomenal. Oh fantastic movie it's definitely like um guillermo del toro has those fantasy elements built so deeply into his like scripts and stories and settings and cinematography it's kind of just um crazy to see something like that go to screen especially like what the vibes that i were getting like from the trailer from like from this recent trailer that just came out was like, kind of like the shape of water kind of like the coloring and the setting and kind of like some of the characters like some being uh, like outcasts, some being like villains and whatnot, you kind of like get that depth from it. I'm um, like the plot obviously doesn't have anything to do with that at all, but you kind of just see that like this is Guillermo del Toro's like style at its finest, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, he's very well known for his style. Um, yeah, I really like it when trailers don't you know show you the whole plot of the movie. You still kind of go in not knowing exactly what to expect, other than of course del Toro's kind of trademark style that he has in most of his films. Especially with like thriller and mystery movies, it's definitely you don't want to see a lot of the plot aspect in the trailer. Yep, exactly. So yeah, Nightmare Alley is coming to theaters December seventeenth. That's actually the same weekend as Spider Man. That's going to be a bit of a conflict of interest there. I don't know how well the movie's going to do considering Just it's going up against two movies in a row on a yeah. Saturday night. That sounds like a perfect plan for me. Yep, uh, I think Spider Man is just easily going to outcompete that though like by a long shot so <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like the aspect that nightmare alley is going to be like probably like it's probably going to get some type of oscars if the shape of water like one best picture i'm pretty sure it did when it um when that came out yeah. but it's going to be so overshadowed by spider-man that it's just like no one's going to see it which is just i i wish that they would just release it sooner or earlier or like later than that but like i guess they have their heart set on the 17th but i think they're i think they are going to get like good box office numbers for that though yep i definitely hope so because it really does look like a great movie okay and the last trailer we're going to talk about that came out this week well yeah it looks like the number one trailer um that came out this week for us was for don't look up and that is a Netflix special, I think, premiering on Christmas Eve, which is going to be a great holiday movie. Not very holiday themed, though. It's um, it looks it looks incredible. Leonardo DiCaprio is back in another Adam McKay role, and it just looks uh, it, it looks really interesting because Adam McKay is just known for his type of comedic and just intelligent movies like Step Brothers is just notoriously like in the top 10 funniest movies of all time like pretty much anyone's list out there that's going to be out there and then The Big Short is one of like the most thought-provoking and one of the most uh, especially like with me kind of like what I studied in college kind of just pissed me off the most piece you can definitely like understand it um, how he like portrays it in that movie like how like the during 2008 the stock market crash so he's just He's, he, Adam McKay is just incredible, and I'm just like, I am so hyped for this movie because if he's directing it, and I think he wrote it as well, um, it's just, I, I know it's going to be amazing. And Jennifer Lawrence is in there as well, and I know she's a, she's also a great actress as well, so. And there's also Jonah Hill, I think. Um, it's got a stacked cast from what I'm reading here. I'm seeing uh, yeah. Timothy Chalamet and uh-huh. 
Ariana Grande, uh, not much of an actress, but <laughs> throw in there, why not? She's an A-lister, I guess. Chris Evans, uh, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett. Um, I don't know if this is correct, because I'm just looking at the Wikipedia thing. So this is a Netflix original, right? I yes, think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of a lot of big uh, Netflix releases this year. So that's coming out, you said Christmas Eve? Yeah, the, the 24th. All right. Yeah, along the lines of uh, Netflix originals, we're going to go... Uh, our second segment's going to kind of be like a deep dive into the new movie Red Notice with uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, Gal Gadot, among a bunch of other people. I think Ed Sheeran had a little cameo at the end there, which I actually really liked. Yeah. Kind of like off topic from what the plot or entire aspect of the movie is that I honestly think that Ed Sheeran cameo at the end was like the funniest and maybe, like maybe besides Stan Lee, because he's out of the picture because he's obviously number one, maybe the best cameo I've ever seen in a movie. That's, yep. kind of, that's my opinion. Yeah, so, so this movie really came to life in spurts for me. There were moments that I thought was really funny. I really like Ryan Reynolds. He's kind of channeling his Deadpool energy here again, and that's always entertaining to watch. I did find the characters to be a bit thinly written though. And to be honest, I found this movie to be entirely forgettable. I know you kind of disagree with me a little bit, so we'll kind of have a little debate here about it. Yeah, so my opinion on the movie was that if you kind of go into it with the critic aspect, as like we both kind of did, because we both took like notes on it just for conversation topics, and we just find negative things like left and left and right, left and right. But if you kind of just go into it, like just watching a movie, eating some popcorn, just chilling there, you're gonna enjoy it. Like. And you could say that about a lot of bad movies out there, but it's it, it was an enjoyable movie, which I took from. There were parts about it that were just kind of like laughably bad when Ryan Reynolds or like The Rock or Gal Gadot kind of just like winked or like smiled at the camera for like a split second. And you're kind of just like, oh my God, that's so stupidly ridiculous. Like, why do they have to do that? And yeah. just stuff like that. But altogether, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know about it. Yep, I mean it. It does. It is kind of in a market that is super highly saturated nowadays, in in sort of like the heist subgenre of action thrillers, and I think it's really tough to make one that stands out because there are just so many tropes and cliches. And I feel like this movie just kind of checked off every single one of those boxes. I do really like the cast. I just feel like they're kind of wasted here. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, I said I liked. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, I thought this was a really dull role for him. We've seen him in a lot of action movies before in which he does crazy over-the-top over stunts. Like uh, earlier this year, Jungle, Clu Jungle Cruise, I thought was pretty solid. But in this one, I felt like yeah, he no, was kind of just- he was, he was good in Jungle Cruise, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. I also really found the dialogue in this movie to be occasionally insufferable. <laughs> And I, I, I did no, I find, agree with that. yeah, I, I did find some moments to be really funny. Uh, there's one moment where Ryan Reynolds attempts to break a glass case that has a weapon in it. That made me laugh. <laughs> uh, I do like the cameo yeah. at the end. Um, I guess we probably should have said what the movie's about, just generally. It's, it's basically a heist film in which um, three characters are sort of fighting over this ancient artifact that once belonged to uh, Cleopatra. Yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of. Uh world building and throughout there because they traveled to like i think i count i think i didn't know like i think they traveled to like 14 different countries and they had like 14 different like uh countries slash time transitions which honestly that is a pet peeve of mine in movies that was the first note i took down here i started like 10 times because i hated so much with in the first i think 20 minutes they transition between five different places and to throw on um Bali, Paris, um, uh, South America, the U.S., like blah, blah, blah. They threw so many countries in like the amount of like hours later. And I hate that so much in movies because it's just, 
it's such a like a convenient part that people like use in scripts that are so overused and especially in this movie where it was overused like to the nth degree and i just find that so annoying and especially like with the over exaggeration like of that used to plot yeah yeah it does feel like it's trying to compensate for something in regards to how it has so many different locations in it some of them i i, I gotta hand it to them the movie is decent looking like I do agree with that part. The plot, to me, was just a bit stale and boring, but um, I still think that these three actors are capable of a lot better than that, though. And, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think, like, speaking on, like, being, like, capable of whatnot, I think Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, this was, like, one of his, like, kind of, like, more, like, I don't want to say, like, just, like, funny roles. He was pretty good in this. Um, but they relied on his jokes and kind of charm and humor so much throughout the movie that it just became annoying. Like I love Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. He's like one of my like favorite actors, but the guy is just in so many movies and commercials and uh, cameos and T I don't know if he's in any TV shows, but I'm just assuming he is. He's in so many things right now. It's kind of just like oversaturation at this point. Yeah. You kind of just get so much from him. It's kind of just, it, it teeths on the edge of like annoying after a while you like you can't have ryan reynolds like 90 percent of the movie just have like funny one-liners and just that be the movie or else it's just gonna be this movie which is terrible exactly yeah a lot of one-liners in this one and look i mean ryan reynolds is he tends to be the funniest and best thing in a lot of movies uh free guy which came out earlier this year was a lot of fun it almost feels like in this movie he was restrained a little bit because usually like, I find him a lot more hilarious. Here, he just, like, he had a couple really good moments, and I just kind of expected more from that. But I kind of expected to not really like this movie that much. I remember watching the trailer and just not being drawn to it at all, but... Yeah, I completely agree with that, because I think, like, obviously, like, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, like, that's kind of just simultaneous with each other, but it's kind of just... He was so amazing in that movie with, like, his just dialogue and just his acting, like, everything he did in that movie, and kind of just, like looking back at like the movie that he's in like right now and like red notice and kind of like free guys kind of just i feel like the director and kind of like the script supervisor tell him like okay yeah you just improvise you just say a bunch of funny stuff like you did a deadpool and hi and i just don't think like i think if he's just like put on the spotlight that he just can't come up with like amazing things like he did like in deadpool because that was kind of like his heart and soul that went into deadpool and mm -hmm. like this movie was just definitely no offense good i just like a cash grab for like everyone in the movie because yeah i that's my opinion on it. Yeah, and this movie actually had, I believe I read somewhere that this is like one of the most expensive movies that Netflix has ever produced, which was shocking to me because I didn't think the movie had that much that warrants that other than I'm sure a lot of it went to those the paychecks for those three main actors. But uh, yeah, I think I think 70% of it went to the three main actors and the other 29% besides being the cast went to just like the set production in the 15 different countries they visited, which yeah. is so stupid. Yeah. And yeah, towards the end of this movie too, there's a bunch of twists and turns and the story becomes so convoluted oh, where like, yeah. I feel like this is the type of movie where I'm going to rewind it, go back to the beginning and there'll be things that don't exactly make perfect sense. Like why would this character do that when they could have just done this instead? Uh, just certain things like that, that kind of bugged me. It almost felt like one of those movies where they kind of wrote alternate endings and then they waited until the end to choose one and just kind of scrambled it together. Yeah, it's definitely like, it's that kind of movie where there's like, they go to the end and they flash back to like when the person who um like is on the other side or whatever like is like uh giving like a way that they are like a bad guy as they do in so many other movies out there um and it's kind of just like a thing that 
you kind of like get at the point where like yeah this is kind of obvious at the end like you this didn't really like surprise me at all mm-hmm. and i feel like the people who like want to see this coming are people that would really like not pay attention to the movie at all and kind of just like watch it in the background of something or kind of just watch it just for like shits and giggles yeah yeah exactly and uh, I like seeing Gal Gadot as a villain sort of character because that's—I don't think I've ever seen her play a villain before. But again, she's just so one-dimensional. I feel like every character in this movie was one-dimensional. Like there, there's a few yeah. scenes where Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds sort of have a little bonding moment, but it's just a little shred, and that's about all it had to offer. Yeah, like they—they they definitely do um, want to get like to the audience, like the aspect of like oh, these guys hate each other and they're going to connect towards the end of the movie. And that's kind of like, kind of like what the plot like follow, follows along and then their mm-hmm. relationship like getting like more closely together. But they kind of like push on that so much to a point where it's like, if you think about this character's like intentions, because Ryan, Ryan Reynolds in the movie is kind of just like a guy that just does it for just the pure fun and joy of the sport. And he doesn't really care, care about anyone. Like, if a character like that was in real life, he would not give two shits about The Rock in any situation, no matter what happened between them. And it's kind of just the thing that, like, they kind of just did that, like, for convenience, just so to, like, have that aspect of the relationship just work out at the end, just conveniently. Yeah, that's true. And again, like, I- I'm the type of person who can easily sit down and watch a dumb, fun movie that, you know, isn't the most logical, a little nonsensical, doesn't, not everything has to make perfect sense. But if you're going to do a movie like that, I just expect more than the bland sort of bare bones plot that we got out of this one. So for me, Red Notice is just kind of a a meh movie. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good scale for it. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen by far. It's definitely not in my top, like, 100 movies I've ever seen, not even close. But it's like, it's right in the middle. I, I think, like, like I said in the middle, if you kind of go into it, like, wanting to enjoy, you're going to enjoy it be going into it wanting to look for criticisms and whatnot you're going to hate it but there was one thing i also did take a note on um yeah one of the last things that i saw that i took another main um important note on is that just kind of the convenience of like the characters going into situations and going into certain like action or chasing or like kind of like fighting scenes and kind of how like they walk up this this set of stairs where they're not supposed to be and they're just in the middle of this arena and whatnot it's kind of just it you kind of just like it kind of makes you like roll your eyes a bit that's kind of like Mm -hmm. a a good like way to describe it because i know like they put money like towards this scene you have to like include it in it because you probably threw it in a trailer but just at least like give a little more thought to it when you're directing it like on like why the characters got there because that's shut that's such a important part of the movie that just so many people overlook yeah yeah another thing another thing that bothered me is that this is one of those movies where characters will take super heavy blows they'll get hit with a charging bowl and sent flying and not have as much as a bruise in the next scene (laughs) it's kind of laughable just like a video game if you're the rock you can survive anything you can get hit by a freight train and you'll walk away with not even a scratch (laughs) so yeah as a whole i i didn't like this movie um i'd give it a c minus it's a thumbs down for me um, if I guess okay, if you're looking okay. for something to watch in the background, but that that's just my recommendation. What did you, what did you think of the film overall? I I'm just gonna still stick to my guns that I think it was like enjoyable, but just like the bare minimum of enjoyable. Like I I don't regret watching the movie. I think I still like I got like something from it, but I'm I'm 
kind of like teetering between a C plus and a B minus. I think I'm going to settle on a C plus just for the pure fact that they transitioned 15 times between countries, and I hate that so much. That's why I'm giving you a C plus instead of a B minus. Yep. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I did. I hadn't really thought about that before, but a lot of movies do that, and it feels like they're trying to over. They're trying to compensate for a lack of really, you know, a cohesive story, but. Exactly. It's just it's 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 convenience. It's convenience yep. and just to add time onto the end of the movie. And to add some board some gorgeous uh, you know panning shots of whatever environment they're heading to next. Yep. Exactly. Okay, so for this last segment here, we kind of just talk about recommendations. Sometimes both of us have seen it. Sometimes we haven't. But it's actually interesting for this first episode. I have seen the movie I'm going to talk about, and Josh has seen the movie that he's going to talk about, and neither of us have seen our, each other's movies. So it'll be a little bit of a one-way conversation to begin with but i think it'll be a little interesting for both the audience and you but the movie that i think is very underrated at least as of right now i've never heard anyone ever talk about this movie to be fair it is i'll, I'll go into it the name of it is bean john malkovich came out in 1999 um directed by spike jones I, i'm not sure that's how you pronounce that um, this was John Malkovich, obviously, John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, um, Catherine Keener, let's see, what other, and then, yeah, and then, uh, I think Charlie Kaufman is in there, too, I, I don't know if he plays a big part in that, um, but being John Malkovich is one of those movies that it's not like a typical movie, like, being John Malkovich is so on the opposite spectrum of a movie like Red Notice, which is just a typical cinema experience, it's kind of ridiculous. This movie is so weird, it's so eccentric, it is so out there, so many crazy random things happen that like make you like curl your eyebrows and curl your brow, you're like, what the hell is going on? But I think that's such a good aspect of it because it's like, it's nothing like you I've ever seen before in my life. It's such a weird movie and honestly it's kind of like, like weird to the point at some points where it kind of like makes you uncomfortable but kind of like in a good way it's kind of like i would not expect this to be in a movie and it's kind of just something i wouldn't like ever see like on the screen but it's just yeah so it's kind of like in the fantasy realm of that aspect because it's just it's so strange and so out there that when you go into it just be expecting that because it'll just be even if you go into it expecting it to be the weirdest thing you've ever seen, it'll completely blow out your expectations by times a hundred because you will be surprised by it just by that much. Yeah, so I, I do, I've definitely heard good things about it, and I'll definitely have to check it out after that recommendation. So is it, isn't it like a it's like a comedy, right? Yeah, so it's like it's kind of like a comedy slash drama slash I think at like some points kind of like a mystery because what is going on is like so weird and like out there that you kind of just wondering like the entire time like what the hell is going on and mm -hmm. it's kind of like I it's it feels so weird to like relate to this is kind of like a Christopher Nolan movie in the aspect that so many twist things happen like back to forth back to forth that you could never like see like what's going to happen at the end if like the from the first like couple minutes of like you watching it you would never ever ever expect what happens at the end like for like the even the first hour of watching it. it's just kind of like that insane okay and so john malkovich is playing himself obviously i'm guessing given the title yeah so going into like the kind of the plot of it avoiding spoilers kind of uh john cusack is kind of like a puppeteer in the movie and it's kind of like down on his luck and he's kind of like depressed and but he goes like into this new job and it's 
even like the setting of the job is just hilariously like weird and he finds like something that connects him to John Malkovich in like the certain way that I won't give that I won't give off but then it kind of just goes into like the spiraling of them connecting in like a different way that's like unknown to like anyone else in the world and kind of like what they do like along with that and yeah so it kind of it's just kind of like it's very like eccentric and weird but I do think it is enjoyable so don't be like scared by the weirdness of it but i definitely don't recommend watching it like with like your kids or maybe like on a first date or something is it gonna like creep them out but maybe like if you just want to watch a movie that unlike any other you've ever seen then that's a good, good one to watch it on. yep yep i see it does have an r rating so i guess that is a good age recommendation right there <laughs> good yeah. disclaimer all right, so the movie that I'm going to be recommending tonight that is, I think, severely underrated, and it actually underperformed at the box office to the point where it didn't make its budget back, which is disappointing to me, it is Bad Times at the El Royale, which came out in 2018. It's a mystery thriller, sort of like The Hateful Eight by Tarantino, if you've seen that. Um, but I think it's actually, I actually prefer it to The Hateful Eight. I think it does certain things better. It's essentially about this group of people who all converge at this hotel that draws the line between Nevada and California and of course a bunch of them have backstories and uh, various things that have happened uh, sort of like skeletons in the closet and then all of these come to a head when there's this big showdown at the end and the cast is really stacked as well we got Chris Hemsworth, Dakota Johnson, Cynthia Erivo, Jeff Bridges, John Hamm it's really just a bunch of really talented actors just having these really interesting conversations because quite honestly there's not a whole lot of action in the movie until the end it's a lot of just, uh, it, and it also has that Tarantino style. And what I mean by that is like there's title cards, there's kind of like flashbacks and moments that explain each character, but you don't get that right away. The movie kind of keeps it a mystery for a while. Like, for instance, you've got Jeff Bridges playing a priest, but you can tell there's something a little off about him. So I heard like Chris Hemsworth was actually like really good in this movie, like one of his like best roles. Is that true? Oh yeah, I would say to the degree that you know, I mean, Chris Hemsworth is in a lot of sort of movies that don't get recognized for their acting talent necessarily. But I think this is a great performance from him, especially he he kind of plays this Jim Jones type cult leader, and I, I thought he was really good in that role. It's I haven't really seen him as the villain very often, and I thought he totally knocked it out of the park. So like, why why do you think he like went underrated? Because it sounds like a bunch of people were in there. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, actually, because ironically, I didn't see this when it was in theaters either. I saw it the first time on a plane. I think we were both on this plane. We were coming back from Florida uh, mm -hmm. to our hometown in Michigan. But yeah, and it totally flew under my radar, too. I never even heard of it. I think this might have been an issue with marketing or something, because normally I'm all over trailers for movies like this that are, you know, unique in their style and just a really good cast and all that. And I didn't see anything for this one. But um, yeah. It might also be along the lines of like Nightmare Alley slash Spider-Man coming out like yes. on the same day. Maybe it was like overshadowed by one. I have no idea. That's possible. I don't know what else came out. out on that weekend. Um, so yeah, the film was directed by Drew Goddard, who did The Cabin in the Woods. I think that was in 2011. A really great horror movie. Uh, so I didn't actually know that he had done this too, but this was his second film, second feature film that he directed. So yeah, if, if you're into movies that are sort of that Tarantino-type style, like Hateful Eight or Django, that type of thing, I think this movie has a lot to offer, and definitely go check it out and support it. It's streaming on Hulu right now, I believe. And yeah, along those lines, being John Malkovich is also streaming on Peacock as well, and you can buy it pretty much like anywhere else, just along those lines. 
All right, so I think that's going to conclude our first episode. Uh, things might change a little bit going forward. This is sort of our first episode, so we're sort of just like feeling things out um, in terms of test podcast. Yeah, I, I guess you could call it a test podcast. Yeah, so the structure of it might change a little bit. We might even do it more often or less often, depending on how our schedules go. Because I'm a college student and Jake has a full time job, so yeah. But uh, let us know, like through any means necessary, on and what you like, what you don't like, how you think. In your opinion, now it should be um, segmented or whatnot. But yeah, um, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.